Hello, beautifuls. Welcome to another episode of Her Sexual Space, a podcast where we create a sex-positive space to engage in empowering discussions for building relational and sexual awareness. I am your host, Janice. Today's guest is a longtime uh, schoolmate and friend, Fiona Francis. Uh, Fiona Francis is a mother, a psychotherapist, entrepreneur, advocate, and a two-time graduate of Grambling State University. Originating from the Caribbean island of Dominica, Fiona migrated as a young adult in an effort to obtain higher education in the state of Massachusetts. During her tenure at Quincy College in Massachusetts, Fiona felt like she needed more. She quotes, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't enough for me. And when the opportunity of attending an HBCU presented itself, she took it. Fiona enrolled in Grambling State University in 2006 During her tenure at Grambling State University, she was a two-time recipient of the Title V Student Scholarship and the ABSW Student Scholarship Awardee. As a student of Grambling State, she served as treasurer, social club president, the board member of Psi Alpha Honor Society, Psi Gamma Mu, Golden Key Honor Society, and Who's Who amongst American college and universities. In 2019, Ms. Fiona was awarded the Social Worker of the Year by the National Association of the Black Social Workers. Fiona has managed to serve in many capacities as a social worker. She has been she has had the opportunity to serve as an intern with the Department of Children and Families, Swanson Juvenile Center in Monroe, LA, a mental health professional, case manager, applied behavioral analysis specialist, hospice social worker, medical social worker, and most recently serves as the CEO of the Therapeutic Village LLC, her own private practice geared towards providing holistic psychotherapy to the population that warrants it, and Village Remedies, a wellness company that provides all natural products for optimal holistic health. Ms. Fiona is also the clinical director of Cognitive Institute, Inc., a mental health rehabilitation agency serving clients across five parishes with a lifespan of over 20 years. Fiona has also served as a social worker in other states across the country, but is currently practicing in Shreveport, Louisiana. In her practice, she is highly passionate and emphasizes the importance of self-care, both for her clients and her colleagues. Ms. Frances' vision and mission is to promote optimal holistic wellness to achieve wholeness. Welcome to the podcast, Fiona. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, that is quite a resume you have there. <laughs> I mean, I was not expecting you to read all of it. It's um, <laughs> something that I have, honestly, it's like generic and I send it to everybody that needs a bio, but uh, some people <laughs> shorten it and some people um, take what they want from me. You read all of it, John. Makes yeah, I, I want people to know you. I want people to know you. <laughs> well, 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 that, that's what it's for anyway. That's what a bio is all about. And all of it is really, it does mm-hmm. include everything that I'm currently doing and mm-hmm. what I um, have done. So in a nutshell, mm-hmm. it is really, truly all about me. It sounds very long and drawn out, but it's what I've done. <laughs> I've, I'm on this earth for 38 years now. But yeah. the latter part of it, uh, my um, 
journey actually, my adult journey actually began at 22 when I moved to the United States. Although I worked as an adult back home, but mm-hmm. I, I did not feel like one until I had bills and an apartment <laughs> right? and a key and all of that. And I'm like, oh, okay, can I go back to being 10 or whatever? Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful resume and thank you for everything that you're doing for the community. And um, I'm just looking at all of the different roles you have held. And that is that is incredible. That's outstanding. Um, but before we get into your work, because, yeah, with the resume you have, self-care has to be a high priority. <laughs> definitely, definitely, because burnout is real. And mm-hmm. um, I pour into people every day. Um, mm-hmm. in and out, and I take care of their needs. Um, I don't fix anybody, but I try to address their needs, and mm-hmm. I meet them halfway where they can put in the uh, work. Mm-hmm. I put in my mm-hmm. expertise, and together we form a plan, better known as right. a treatment plan in our in our mm-hmm. own little world, and yeah. we come to... Um, the realization of what needs to be addressed and we address it and, and they work on it and, and they um, get to the end goal of achieving those goals and living a well-balanced life. So with that being said, I need to pour into my own self after that's done mm-hmm. because I mentioned earlier, treatment plan is what every individual I work with go off by. I need my own treatment plan. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Right. My self-care yeah. is definitely mm-hmm. my treatment plan. Yeah, so we'll get into your treatment plan in a minute because yes, <laughs> I know you have one. Oh my so God. So for our listeners, um, you know, just share with us, you know, I know I've read um, your bio, um, but share with us how you identify in the world and tell us a little bit about your ethnicity and um, a little bit more about your professional background. Well, first and foremost, I am a proud mother, like uh, my bio said. Um, um, I go by the name of Fiona Francis. People call me Fifi. Uh, that's a nickname. Um, it's um, female gender in, in that case. I am in a relationship, traditional relationship. I am single. I am not married. Uh, I am currently in a long distance relationship, actually. Uh, oh, nice. Yes, yes, um, can be very difficult at times. It is difficult, but um, mm-hmm. I plan on making it work because I want it to work because it's yeah. was what is best for me. And um, mm-hmm. other things have picked their head around and did not work. So I know that is what works for me. And um, sometimes people always come to me and like, how do you do that? And my my answers, um, when you attempt to distance yourself from the relationship based on the miles, then it gets difficult. I don't think of the relationship in miles. I think of the relationship in what I've achieved so far by being with that person and what they've brought mm-hmm. to my life. So it yeah. does not seem as so tedious of him not being so he comes every two months, every three months or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's able to work out of state sometimes. So when he travels, we get to travel with him sometime. Yeah, so nice. That, that is who I am currently in the relationship that I'm in. Um, I was born in I w- Dominica. I was raised okay. there. 
uh, until age 22. And I'm currently residing in Newport, Louisiana. Uh, mm-hmm. I attended university twice. Prior to that, <laughs> attended a college in Boston called Queens College, where I um, tried to enroll in journalism. I always wanted to be a journalist, partly because I could have spelt the word at an early age and everybody was so proud of me. Like, you can spell that big word. (laughs) And I remembered it vividly that this is the reason I wanted to become a journalist because I could spell the word journalism. I don't even remember what age, but I know I was really small in grade school. And Mm -hmm. I was so excited that I could spell the word. And I looked it up and found out what it was. And I'm like, I just claimed the profession. And everybody who knew me up until 18, 19 knew that's what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a couple stints here and there where I was in pageantry and all of that was because I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be out there. Yeah. <laughs> I set on my, that dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the stage. I love the interviews. I love, and honestly, all the pageantry, all the shows that I have been a part of, um, I only placed first in one of them and I have three crowns. Haha. <laughs> but my favorite um, part was the question and answer segment. I've always captured that trophy and that prize for that section. So it was always a yeah. dream of mine, honestly. That was my first love. But once I got into college in Massachusetts, I had somebody tell me that with my accent that that was not going to take me anywhere. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to be a journalist, but you speak like that? You're going to have a hard time landing a job. And I am I am an empath. So when people say things, I feel it. And before I see through it, I that was before I learned self-affirmation and self-love and yes. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That was before that. Um, I was nine. No, I was 22, not 19. I was 22. So I, at that age, because I was always, I'm the happy go lucky. I'm the like fun one in the bunch that like, nothing is really a problem. Like we're all positive. Yay. So somebody says that to me, I'm like, oh, that's kind of negative. So maybe, yeah, let me not shun the person, but shun what I'm doing. So that's what I did, actually. I just shut down the idea. I never shut the person down. Like I said, I'm an empath. I feel people. So if you told me that that was going to happen, I believed you because I'm a people person. Why? Because I, as, as an individual, I would have never done that to somebody I, myself, yeah. And I would have never done that unless I had honestly, genuinely concerns for the person. So mm. I always think that people think like me. I had to learn that very, very hard because yeah. because I'm a people's person. I always thought people in my this in my circle are people's persons too. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the reason I, I actually... So was uh, that a close friend or like an acquaintance? No, actually it's supposed to be an advisor. <laughs> really? It was supposed to be an advisor. So I took it 
with the like I I Too just hard. Yeah. yes with everything oh and I'm like well they know better so and I just started doing general studies at the school I was mm-hmm. not like I had no direction I was yeah. just in college just to be in college and it did not mm-hmm. feel like I needed to be there so yeah. I spent a year the opportunity presented itself for me to attend Grambling and then it was a scholarship I'm like why not let me try it and I get yeah. to Grambling and I saw your community <laughs> yes oh my god talk about that my people was there you know yeah. we, had, we had us you know so yeah. um I went down the syllabus honestly I went down the syllabus because I went to Grambling and I chose something called what did I choose general something studies or something with no mm-hmm. I looked because when they send you the packet you have to choose something or whatever yeah. so I just mm-hmm. chose something just to get in <laughs> and once I get to Grambling I kid you not I was just going down we had this red folder when we first got I remember there. that <laughs> I, with everything, I just went down the list and mm-hmm. I kid you not I saw social work and I'm like yeah I'm a social person I'll be there <laughs> That, that is the honest to God truth. That is how I end up in social work. And I said, wow. yeah, I'm a social person. I'm a social butterfly. Yeah, I'll do that. Did not know what that entails. Because, you know, we come from the island. Well, from the Caribbean islands. And, and that is not a such of a big career, like back home. That mm-hmm. profession is not really uh, expand on. Yeah. Back home, you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, somebody that mm-hmm. works in the bank. And... You have to do accounts or something. So that is what we were raised with, that type of um, notion. So I had no idea how much social work until I didn't have anybody to tell me um, Mm -hmm. or show me better. Because in my generation, my cousin was the only um, adult that I remember going to college. So that there was no kind of guidance as to, hey, when yeah. you go to college, those are things that you need to look out for. Make sure you take these classes first. I didn't have that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like first or second generation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To attend like a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my um, story on how I ended up in social work. Mm-hmm. And So when did you fall in love with social work or becoming oh, a therapist? A- when did it really hit you? When I get when I got into the field, mm-hmm. so when you get your internship, in, yeah, when you get into mm-hmm. the um, courses, you first take your like prerequisites, your bios and yeah. your um, sciences and maths and calculuses and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that was the first semester we did that. And mm-hmm. by the second semester, the second year, um, you get to go to an intern. And I had to, I went to a jail. In Monroe, to <laughs> really? That's that's where I did my my practicum. What? <laughs> what? Really, Jen? Yeah, tell me. What? How was your experience? <laughs> Swanson was a life changer. First of all, I mm-hmm. had to when I got to Swanson. Everybody thought I was one. Well, they only had males there, but the males thought that I was one of them because I looked so small, and everybody there was kind of big and rugged. You know, mm-hmm. they had like men working there as, um, you know, um, they call them dorm parents or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a life changing experience wow. from 
the first week I got there, I had to go home and woosa and buy new clothes <laughs> because <laughs> I thought I was going to the internship. So I had some skirts and um, yeah. jacket. Um, no, honey, it was a different mm-hmm. ball game. I started yeah, wearing. Yeah, I remember those skirts were allowed. I remember that being one of the rules at yes. Jail. Yes. <laughs> so I had to wear polo t shirts and, and stuff mm-hmm. with color and some jeans that's not too tight because that's a distraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's when I fell in love with the profession of, um, and the idea that this can be a, a real career for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it was the same for me. I didn't yeah, know you did that. Was that was an eye opener. Yeah, it was an eye opener for me because I always felt like I lived in a bubble um, and I wasn't exposed to like the roughness of the world. And I felt like, and I did it in Denton here in Texas. Um, I felt like it gave me some, like just, it just put me out there to see what the real world looks oh. like. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought it was. And it was kids <laughs> being so young too that... You mm-hmm. could not phantom the things that happened before they got to Swanson. So you would read mm-hmm. the charts, you just dumbfounded. And it just made you, it's like watching ID channel that, and a mm-hmm. lot of people get hooked <laughs> on it every day and you don't yeah. even know why. A lot of people, mm-hmm. we love crime shows. We don't even know why. We just got to watch it. <laughs> so it's the same thing with the profession yeah. that mm-hmm. you you love it and you want to help solve it, but it's like a subconscious yeah. thing that's going mm-hmm. on. I, yeah. mean, I think understanding the human mind too, because I right. think it, we're, we're right. curious. We want to understand right. like, how and did you come to that decision? Like how right. did you? <laughs> right. And it's always an eye opener. Like I cannot believe that a human is capable. And I think it has to do with a lot with vulnerability too, because we are so, kind of taken aback by how people can uh, can be so vulnerable to certain things and allow things to happen to them or mm-hmm. other people to manipulate them that we yes just, oh yes. yeah 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 mm-hmm. i see that every day <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> yeah so i you know just because we're here to to talk about self care i just want to like maybe switch direction for a little bit and see you know, how, how did you take care of yourself today? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, so today um, I woke up and I had a green goddess smoothie intentional. So that green goddess smoothie, I I buy, I purchase my some of my juices in advance. So this vegan restaurant, small business that I get juice from. It's a lime, kale, apple mixture with ginger so i keep them in the fridge and i will add little things to them to make it so it's a juice and Mm -hmm. if i want a juice i'll drink it but if i want something more substantial to keep me throughout the day i'll add a banana Mm -hmm. and spinach and definitely sea moss which is my Mm -hmm. go-to mineral for Mm -hmm. like every day um providing 92 minerals and vitamins in our body so that was the first thing i did (laughs) Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that I did was um, getting my daughter to school at an ample time. And that's self-care for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. It yeah, makes for me too. It, because it makes me feel like I'm not rushing and I'm not good when yeah. I'm rushing. I'm not good when I have stuff piled up. 
So Mm -hmm. intentionally getting out the house at 8.30 is Mm self-care for me. So that was done. Um, And one of the reasons I do that, because I remember dropping her off to school late one day or not late because the cutoff time is nine o'clock. So you can't take them in after that. But like really on that. So if you're there at nine, you're late, basically. So we were there and it was like nine or like 958 or something. And she came, when I picked her up, I was doing her highs. I always do highs and lows of her day. And she mm-hmm. says, um, um, Miss Clark, um, I said, did you get to, what did you get to do when you got there? She said, well, everybody had their breakfast and every, Miss Clark kept mine for me, but it just looked like everybody was looking at me while I was eating. Mama, we should not go to school late next time. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. So she's a very conscious child. She's a cancer. Mm-hmm. If anybody believes in Zodiac, fine. So she's sensitive. She does not mm-hmm. like to be like, the, you know, she walks into the room. Don't look at her too much because she'll, you know, reflect and go behind and kind of stuff. So for her to be walking into class directly at nine is a big thing for her. So I have to make sure I get her there ample time enough so she can socialize with her class and they walk in together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that her morning ritual in. Right. Right. Yeah. So that was one thing for me. Uh, and then I got all my Zooms down pack. I, um, what did I do today? I had to switch over one of my mutual funds, which I was putting up for so long and I finally did it. Mm-hmm. Good for me. And nice. finally I, Opt off the day by going to the gym, which is extra, wow. extra good for me. I have to. That that is that's part of yeah. what makes me good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to add. I need to add that element um, to gym. my day. I'm working on it. Yeah, I like dance, so I'm thinking of like a Zumba oh, class. Yes, yes, um, I definitely. would really enjoy that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Zumba is so much fun and you burn so much calories, so many calories in like an hour, like a lot. Mm-hmm. The music yeah. is very fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's right up my alley. Yeah. So it sounds like you, you really um, found ways to take care of yourself today. And also you're able to check some things off that were very important to you. You feel good after, you know, just mm-hmm. seeing things checked off. I know I, I get a high from that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, what did I do for self-care today? Oh, yeah. So I started my, my morning. One of the things I'm doing now is I'm starting my day a little later. Um, so my day starts at 10, some days at 11. Um, I think that gives me enough time to wake up and go through my morning ritual. Like you, I don't like feeling rushed. So I do take my oldest to school. Uh, my husband takes the youngest, um, so I don't have to get up <laughs> to prepare the baby. He does all that, and yeah. I take care of the the oldest. He takes care of himself. I just need to be like, "Hey, you ready? Let's go!" <laughs> so I get to do that. And on my way home, um, I listen to either a podcast or NPR news. Um, that just leaves me. I really don't like news. Um, I don't like listening to news first thing in the morning, but I I do the daily drive on spotify it mixes your music with news news segments i really Mm -hmm. like it (laughs) Um, so i did that and then i got home i didn't have breakfast i just had some coffee because i knew i was gonna have a big lunch 
Um, so that was my way of like setting myself up for the day. Uh, throughout the day, I get breaks. I talk to my loved ones, of course, my, my sister, my my friends back home and all of that. Um, so do you find moments in your day where you like have to connect with people or you feel... Oh, John, I forgot to tell you that part. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had a little a rendezvous at about four o'clock on a cyber mm. rendezvous. <laughs> mm. Yes, yes, that oh, part. Nice. <laughs> that part. And that we will discuss later on when we talk about aftercare. <laughs> yeah, that part. So it was so my day kind of winds down four, four thirty. I'm working from home Thursdays and Fridays. I'm in the mm-hmm. office. Mondays and Tuesdays and off on Wednesdays, but I do do work any every day. So yeah. at four thirty, four those damn notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was checking with my partner during the day. We like mm-hmm. FaceTime and talk, and uh, when we both when he goes for lunch, you know, stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Keeping it healthy. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. you know, <laughs> we, we have to. We're long distance. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I, I want us to talk about is, um, you know, just how self-care shows up in your work. I want to talk a little bit about even how sexuality shows up in your work, because I know you're not practicing sex therapy, but I'm sure some of those issues come in because we're oh, therapists. Yeah. Anything comes. Anything comes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to just talk about just, you know, just self-care for you. How do, How does that show up in your work? Um, What do you recommend for your clients? And then a little bit about sexuality. Sexuality shows up um, in my work as in I work with a very diverse group of people. So Mm -hmm. uh, and sexuality itself is diverse, you know. So Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I work with people from the LGBTQIA community. A lot of them on my caseload uh, because that is one of the things that's on my profile on psychology today that I mm-hmm. accept that community. So I always get yeah. calls and nice. it comes so very natural for me working with them. I absolutely love working with people from every different aspects in their sexuality yes. or just sex on, on a, on a whole, because mm-hmm. the spectrum is so wide and yeah. I, I guarantee you that I learn something about myself every time I have a <laughs> client who has conversation is around sex or sexuality it either just goes ping in my head or oh my god I never knew that I am so happy to be educated today and sometimes I may not even tell the client that but Mm -hmm. I always make a, a, a note and I go back and I educate myself like you said I'm not a sex therapist but I always try to educate myself on the things that show up so I will get issues like um I would have couples that are um, living together and um, one wants to adopt and one wants to have a baby, um, those type of issues. And they would come to me and say, well, what would you do? Um, Because I have a baby, you know, people expect me. So that that would be the expectation for me to say, oh, you can have your own kid and whatever. (laughs) But but in, in terms of therapy, you know, you have to be, non-biased and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I tackle the issue based on the situation and not the role or the gender mm-hmm. role, but just, and, and I understand too that 
People with healthy sex, sex lives tend to lead happier lives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah. in terms of practice, I have seen it that when people are happier in their sex lives, they seem to be living happier lives in general. Mm-hmm. So when they're comfortable in their sex life. Yeah. I've had yeah. people just scream at me. I just want sex. Just randomly. <laughs> I, I had that happen to me one day. And <laughs> I, I, my God, I, because then again, it is such a taboo. It's still taboo mm-hmm. in, our, in, our, in our profession. Communities. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. you know, that when she said it, I had to pull myself quickly together and said, okay, so let's break it down and let's tackle that. So let's process this. What will you tell me? I just want to have sex. Do you have somebody in mind? Do you have an idea what you want it to be like? I don't care. I just want to have sex. <laughs> it's like, because you say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you said, that it reminds me of, I, I did have a client, an older client, um, you know, 50 plus and, she, she said something very similar, but it wasn't sex. It was, I just want to kiss, you know. She was uh-huh. mourning the loss of, uh-huh. her, of her husband. She was grieving and she just really missed that aspect of her life. And, you know, she got up from the couch and, and she, you know, I was taken aback a little because yes. you know, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> She's like, I just want to kiss. I just, I just want the kids. <laughs> yes, they, it becomes so almost violent to to an extent. Yeah. Violent in the tone, not physical violence, yeah. but mm-hmm. the tone gets so violent that you're like, oh my god. But it was similar too. She's sixty something, and her husband is ill, so she feels mm. like a caregiver and not a wife. Oh my God. That is where that was stemming from. So we've, we had had many sessions prior to that and we were just processing, you know, ways to self care and, you know, caregiver responsibility and caregiver burnout. And she just blurted out, like, listen to me. I just want to have sex. Cause we had never, t- I had tackled getting something done to yourself, going to a spa, you know, the same self care routine. Honey, Mm -hmm. I was not expecting her to just yell at me. I just want to have sex. And um, we talked about it and we processed it and she found somebody. (laughs) She's much happier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is how it shows up every day. It shows up, yeah. And as you talk about uh, self-care, you know, I heard you um, just, you know, mentioning that you recommended like a spa um, massages and all of those things. Um, is that something that you often recommend when clients, um, you know, when clients come in with like uh, issues with just managing that that part of their lives? Um, in terms of going to a spa and that kind of stuff. Yeah, for self care. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, um, I have to be mindful too with the community that I work. I do work with a yeah. lot of people on low income. Because yes. I am, um, I'm on insurance panels who offer like um, insurance through the government. So okay. a lot. I have to keep in mind that mm-hmm. people on low income can't always go to a massage parlor every. That's other the thing, week, you know. Mm-hmm. So and that's the thing with self care. I think there is privilege right. in that too. Right, mm-hmm. right. But and then in my research, self care does not have to be expensive. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to, to remind them that just taking time out and sitting in your bathroom, just turn off the lights, turn off the music, yeah. and just sit there with yourself mm-hmm. and enjoy yourself for 10 minutes. Or going in the sun and doing, there's this thing called ground therapy, where you um, mm-hmm. um, kind of take like feet. Right. You take your shoes off um, and you kind of feel the earth connect with your, your bare foot. Mm-hmm. So that, that's not expensive, you know. Um, there is, you know, you can listen to music, you can make your cup of tea, um, practice mindfulness. So I teach that a lot, how to connect with mm-hmm. the things that's currently in your space, in your, within your eyesight, within an earshot, whether it's a bird, whether it's the wind bustling through the trees, guided imagery, you just figure what space and time you would want to be in. And I do not want to let people get too concerned with, oh, that's just imaginary because once I'm done, yeah. I'm getting back into the same realm of things. But for that 10 minutes, mm-hmm. go away from that constant worry that you have. Yeah, that's the goal to take your mm-hmm. because the brain is tricky. You have to train your brain and retrain your brain every day. Because for some reason, our anxieties are like right there. They just always show up because our anxieties put us in survival mode. And that stems back to the cave days when the cavemen were in caves. They survived based off their fear of the other person or the other animal or the whatever is coming to get them. So I am going to get you before you get me kind of mentality, Mm -hmm. but it was based on fear. It's because I am afraid I am going to kill this bear or this animal or this lion and eat it. Mm -hmm. So do a lot of those things to kind of take away your fears and anxiety, even if it's for 10 minutes and, that is the things that are not expensive. Now, if I have clients that can afford it at least once a month for every two months, you know, mm-hmm. I encourage them to get a massage, a foot massage, hand massage, whatever that um, they can afford and go from there because those things do work. Yeah. And isn't, as as you said, I'm going back to the client you just talked about a while ago. And even sometimes it could be just skin hunger, just wanting to be hugged and touched. Right. And I right. know there are, there are now lots of avenues for that. Now there are cuddle companies where you can, um, you can, you know, just, just hire someone to, to hug you and, and cuddle you and, oh. and touch you. It's non-sexual, but yeah, right. there, there's a cuddling company, lots of them coming out I now. I need to sign up. I'm a hugger. <laughs> you are? <laughs> I am. I will hug you in a minute. Like, I don't know. It just comes so natural. Like, every time I meet mm-hmm. somebody, I just stretch my arms. Like, come here, come here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So those are things that, you know, people can, can do, you know, I know the idea of it sounds bizarre to some people, but, um, it might, it might. yeah, but it's actually a real service, um, <laughs> online. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I wonder, 
Yeah, of course. I mean, if it's... <laughs> and I look at these people rates, like they charge based on your needs. If you want a certain type of conversation, if you want um, certain things, so like the rate like just goes up and up and up. But I guess it, it works, right? <laughs> it does. Because there are a lot of introverted people who are scared. Mm-hmm. And again, vulnerability. People are mm-hmm. scared to show that. So they won't tell you that they need a hug because you're their next of kin, but it's okay to pay mm-hmm. a don't know my fault. Yes. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. so let's talk about self-care, like creating a self-care toolkit um, that supports a healthy sex life. What would that look like? Um, you know, and what do you suggest? Because I know you you work with clients um, who might struggle in that area. And, and I wonder too, for persons who struggle with intimacy, who struggle with... Um, just touch, just being close to someone and that having that connection. Um, what do you what do you suggest? You know? Well well first I would suggest in terms of a self care toolkit, I would suggest mm-hmm. some the person that's looking in terms of sex and self care. If somebody has searched that topic or is searching for that um, service or that has mm-hmm. that need. Therefore, there's a deficit there. So the person first needs some type of talk therapy with a sex therapist mm-hmm. because the person might have maladaptive thoughts about what sex and self-care refers to in general. So I, mm-hmm. in, in that toolkit, I would create one-on-one individual sex sessions, sex therapy sessions with that person. There's that first thing so we can change those maladaptive thoughts that we were taught what sex is supposed to be and Mm -hmm. what sex should look like and when to have it and when not to have Mm -hmm. it. You know, you have to be ashamed after you're done and not be proud of having it. So once we get that down, that talk therapy of having Mm -hmm. to, you know, engage and create a treatment plan. You know, we're going to have sex three times a week and that's okay. Or eight <laughs> times a week and that's okay. Um, and then within that treatment plan, you teach the client or the person mm-hmm. what self-care refers to. Because self-care mm-hmm. is the intention of enhancing your wellness. And sexual health is wellness. Mm-hmm. You know, a solid, sure yeah, a solid um sexual health is wellness mm-hmm. while why limiting you know illnesses and that stuff so you have to always put that part into yes remind mm-hmm. them that you have to limit illnesses and preventions while you enhance and that's with everything because yeah. in terms of i said okay i'm gonna go on a self care ghost trip or just a solo trip and i go down on i go las vegas and i drink every night and i go on a drug binge and that's not self-care exactly. you know i'm doing more harm i'm not restoring my health i'm not enhancing my mm-hmm. you know so it's like that kind of energy you have to put into the client another tool that i would create i would put into that self-care kit would be staycations with your partner self-care sex staycation so you don't have to go anywhere you can just book a hotel in your city or 
probably just if you have kids, send them to a sitter or, or if you have a supportive family and engage in a rendezvous at your house or at that hotel <laughs> just for you and your yeah. partner. That could be part of your kid. And mm-hmm. if it's every third of the month or the third Wednesday in every month, I you love do that, scheduling. Right. Mm-hmm. That way you look up, you look forward and the anticipation mm-hmm. builds up and all of that plays a good part in practicing self-care because yeah. guess you know the third Wednesday is coming up so exactly. you can get your wax right mm-hmm. you're gonna get waxed you're gonna get um your little vestials whatever you need to <laughs> you're gonna buy scented underwear you're gonna buy ex- pretty um you know, lingerie, whatever you need to do because the anticipation about what you're going to do is making yeah. you excited and takes away from your anxiety or whatever you, you've been mm-hmm. going through prior to that third Wednesday. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I especially love the idea of scheduling it, right? Because it gives you something to look forward to. And I and I mentioned recently on another podcast that... um People who schedule sex tend to have more sex than people who wait when they are aroused, all right? Or when the desire is up, because you can have spontaneous sex, but you also have those moments that, you know, when it's coming, right? You know, it's coming and your excitement is up. That's a really good practice, especially for someone who's really struggling in that department, and I also um, like that you mentioned just having like a ritual leading up to it, you know, like maybe going to the the lingerie store or the adult store and picking up a new toy or a new game or, you know, like you just mentioned, like a new underwear, whatever it is that's going to add to that experience. Right, you know? right, right. I, I love that. It's but so how would how to it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How would that look different for like a a single person? Because I know sometimes when we talk about these things, we usually get towards people who are coupled or partnered. But for our friends who are single and um, they may have gone through the whole of 2020 without (laughs) without anything. I'm I'm so sorry. Without anything, um, any type of touch even. What do you like? What do you recommend? Well, one of the wellness um, practices would be to start with yourself. So, you know, you would pleasure yourself and um, Mm. pleasure is yours. So with that being said, like you just mentioned, there's a a cuddle buddy website. So (laughs) if you're into that, um, that would probably be an option. Um, Getting a, a, even if it's not, directly sexual as in there's no penetration and nothing really made but if that's what you need and that could lead into something um pleasure in yourself is the number one thing if you're solo getting new toys um actually i was having a conversation with uh, um, one of the distributors of some toys at the gym and she was mentioning to me how her sales went up to the, during the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> her sales went up through the roof during the pandemic. And you would think it would be different because everybody was at home with each other. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like, but Singles that, goes, too. That, that's what I was going to say. That goes mm-hmm. to say there's a lot of people who single who need sexual health, um, you know, rituals also. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, um, that's what it shows. Yeah, but I also know in our community, you know, the Caribbean community, I think a lot of women struggle with just the idea of self-pleasuring and um, taking care of their own business, you know. And and I, I want people to know that, you know, I, I get it. Not everyone will feel comfortable going there. Mm-hmm. But in your singleness, there are still things you can do. And it doesn't have to be sex. It doesn't have to be direct simulation, but there's still things you can do for yourself to to receive pleasure, right? It could be taking yourself on a date. It can be making time to just do things like going to the gym, things that you love. Um, those are certainly good good examples, right, of things you can still be doing for yourself uh, because I know some people really struggle and it's because we have that really, you know, our, our background is, is really religious. Very. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people really struggle with that idea, but I want them to know that it's an option, right? And I think sexuality begins with yourself. You have to know how to touch yourself and please yourself um, in order to be able to to connect that with, with a partner. I think celebrating your body too, you know, appreciating mm-hmm. your body for what it is and yeah. loving. If you're having issues with it, you know, you can tackle it or get used to it or you know take care of it love your body um i saw somewhere that it's um good to take pictures of yourself and your body parts uh, Mm -hmm. like your intimate parts and Mm -hmm. kind of take a look at them and visualize them and learn them yeah and that that. some people share them with friends if they're comfortable doing that you know yeah. And I know for a lot of people, they still struggle with, with even looking at themselves like that. And I always recommend, you know, doing a, a monthly or even a weekly check just to make sure everything is <laughs> is still intact or just to connect with yourself. Because sometimes we just treat it as if it's there. It's just there. And um, <laughs> we yeah. barely like pay attention to it. So that's good. No, I like that. That's, I like that that's an entire... That's one of the most, that's the part of your body that takes the most beating, like Betty White said. (laughs) 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 So we tend, we as women, we tend to just, women and men do that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we tend to just decide and not take care of it like we should. You know, you'll get your eyebrow waxed before you attend to your vagina. Because everybody else can see your vagina. But what about you? Right? Like you have to get comfortable with watching your vagina and watching, you know, loving it. Just like how you want to get your eyebrows. Oh, my eyebrows look a mess. Yeah. But speaking about vulvas and vaginas, uh, you recently had your vagatial. I meant to get mine done. But when I looked to schedule, it was too late. I don't know if it could have been because of Easter weekend, but tell me, how was how was your vagatial and can you walk us through the experience? Um, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> it feels so at first you feel like you're going to the gynecologist because she puts she 
takes your fin and put it like in the butterfly position. Um, mm-hmm. she, the 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 woman there was very um, professional and at the same time welcoming. Uh, we just the initial phases that you get like a, a exfoliation thing going on. It's similar mm-hmm. to a facial. And she explains yeah. every step of the way because it was my first one. So she explained mm-hmm. all the steps just to let me know what's going on. I heard noises. So if you've ever had a dermabrasion done and you hear that same kind of sound, the, the spinning, what do they call that? The tool makes. Um, that comes on and she will tell you like she's trying to get ingrown hairs out and that kind. So she first exfoliated it. And then she moisturized it. She put a couple of different um, creams on there, coconut, aloe vera. I know there was one with mint because I felt the same sensation you would feel like in a conditioner. I felt it. So she does not go past the vulva. She just stays right on top of it and Mm -hmm. just... She does not interfere with anything to do with the um, insides of your vagina at all. Yeah. So she, um, it could be a he too. I keep saying she. <laughs> um, there were, there were he's. I mean, at the place, no, but I'm saying, I'm thinking mm-hmm. at some place, okay. somebody might be comfortable with a he doing it, like as, yeah. a, as, as an employee. So mm-hmm. the profession yeah. is open to everybody, you know. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. the, the music was sensual too. I like that. Really? <laughs> and after she, ex- she, she she put this clay mask, that was my favorite part. She put a clay mask on there and she gave me like a steam. So that there was wow. steam um, mechanism thing and there was water just, just flowing from the charcoal mask. I guess it was just getting... I mean, all the good stuff was coming out. And once she peeled off the mask, you could see just like on your face and you have like black heads and white heads and stuff. You could mm-hmm. see stuff like dead skin coming off. She showed wow. me. That was cool. And uh, yeah. she moisturized. She gave me ingrown hair oil on there and she she really massaged it yeah did you get aroused at all because that sounds like a lot of (laughs) no i did not and my my spouse asked me that he was like so did did you have an orgasm and i'm like no because it was i felt like i was doing something good for me so it's a mindset i was just too happy to get it done that i I did not sexualize it. I had it in my head like I was doing a facial. Okay. So it just felt good that I was taking care of myself that and in that intimate way. Yeah. And I ask that because I know even when I go to like a steam room, for some reason I get really aroused there and there's nothing, there's no, no, nobody's touching me. I think I'm just really sensitive. (laughs) Um, So I just wonder like, um, just having someone, you know, mess around if you're a vulva like that. And and it could be me because I feel like I'm really sensitive. Like I really need Mm -hmm. like low sensation down there. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything, uh, anything more than that will be overstimulating. Um, So I just wonder what that would, what that would be like. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know. she, does, she does not like even tamper with any of the um, Libya and you know down there. It's just the top. Like she does a lot of exfoliating, brushing, and and when she was done, she told me one of the key things that I need to do every day is dry brush. So mm. it's just getting a brush just for your vagina. She said really? people use their yeah. She said people can use their hair brushes, but our hair brushes do get a lot of crap in there with gels and yeah, you know, and edge controls and stuff. Very like often. <laughs> right. So yeah, she said yeah. get a brush dedicate it to your vagina and do something called dry brushing every day. She said, you're oh. going to see a difference in there. And I am just going to get my brush this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call it my JJ brush. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that idea because those are things that, you know, and the thing about it is no one teaches us how to Nobody. care for our vaginas. That's or what I'm saying. Vaginas. Like your eyebrows is out of wax and you go crazy, but nobody tells us, oh, hey, get your dry brush. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you get, go pay for the service. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love that. That she recommends how, how- it once a month. Once a month? Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was wondering how And how I paid frequently. $55. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, working. I'll go next. Yes, there. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a yeah. ritual for me. I love it. I love the steam. I was just, just happy. I was like, oh. <laughs> I just love this. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to go. And one of the things I struggle with, because I do my bikini wax at um, the European Wax Center. I don't mean to say the name, but... um. I just feel like it's it's so clinical and cold, and wow. I like an environment with like low lighting, even the mesh panty. Like I just feel I just feel so exposed when I go there. I mean, I don't mind being exposed, but I mean to the the person doing the job, but like there's no softness to it, and I'm really trying to find a place where I can have I'm sure a little bit of a spa. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure a and it's a spa. So it, it, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can find one. She was really good and she explained everything she was doing and she just talked with me. And I just ended up telling her what I do. And I was like, do you ever cross ethical boundaries? Because do your friends come in? What if your old teacher comes in here? How would you feel? <laughs> and she's like, honestly, my high school teacher walked in the other day. And really? I'm like, what? And she's like, I think she did not recognize me because I had my face mask on, but I recognized her. So I just oh kept it professional. And I'm like, she said, at this point, I think I'm okay with it. Because she said, even before she started, she was, before she started that job, she was doing her friends and like family members that are comfortable with it, just so she can get comfortable with anybody, random person that she knows walking. <laughs> And she said, it has happened. She's seen people she went to high school with, her teacher. I said, what? And I'm, I'm just talking to her. And I said, what if your pastor's wife come in? How do you feel? <laughs> and she said, I haven't thought about that part. <laughs> I said, well, are you a religious person? And I'm just, as a therapist, I was just triggered to ask her those yeah. questions. And it, was, it was fun while it was, while it lasted. Yeah. 
I love that. So we talked a little bit about self-care, but I wanted us to talk a little bit of, uh, about aftercare, you know, because I know for us, a lot of what we grew up knowing is after sex, you just pee, right? That's the main thing. Like, make sure you pee. Make sure you pee. Please That's- sit down. <laughs> what if I said, yeah, push it down. <laughs> that is so cliche. Right. So that's all we hear. And of course, we will say to avoid UTIs and stuff like that. But when it comes to aftercare, like what comes to mind for you? Aftercare is taking care of your um, your vagina and whatever else you use. If you have toys, you know, wash them, clean them up. And also, if you're a cuddler, Aftercare can mean, you know, cuddling in the bed with your lover or if you're um, um, with your toy, if you're a person that's, you know, you stroke your toy, you kind of talk to it. That's aftercare. Like everybody should have had a name for their toy, I'm thinking, because that's a good thing because it personalizes it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's part of the. That's what comes to my mind when I think of aftercare. You know, and why you at it? You know, if you're you're in a couple, if you are a couple who's just had sex, um, maybe rescheduling while you while you're there, rescheduling yeah, the next one. Yeah, the next one. Just discussing what was good. I always do that. I always do that. Talk about what was good. What mm-hmm. was what was not my best part? What what I think I should work on? And sometimes <laughs> I sometimes I get um, a whole performance uh, review. No, no, no. I get are we in a session? <laughs> I'm like no. It's like I feel like you're analyzing me evaluation time. I'm like no. I just want to make it like you know. I just I just like telling you what you did well and what I like. And um, he's not as open as I am. As much yeah. we've been together for so long, and he's not as open as I am. Mm-hmm. I feel, and I think I like that about him because it keeps me at bay to like maybe you should just leave some things to be experienced and not talk about it. But I'm a talker. That's what mm-hmm. I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, I like I like the balance there. But you certainly right with with aftercare. All of those things are important, and I like that you not just talked about someone who is partnered, but someone who might just have a toy, right? You know, and I think oftentimes when we think about sex, we we always think about just penis, you know, and vagina, but for some other people, it's it's other things, right? Um, So just having just a ritual, whether it's taking a shower, going to pee, coming back into the bed, cuddling, putting on your playlist if you want something to make you, you know, to keep you in that high. Um, that is definitely a, a good thing to do. Or even showering together. So if you if you are partnered, showering together after could be a, a really good way to, to maintain that connection and, you know, just enjoy that dopamine <laughs> overload. Right. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is often too you know and also like drinking water i think sometimes that's just basic right that making sure you have water (laughs) why you john yes yes i need it during (laughs) so (laughs) having it there is a must 
like just mm-hmm. at arm's length, you know. Mm-hmm. That yeah, and like you, I I have a glass of water every night just on my bedside table. Yeah, that's a must have. And also mm-hmm. to the discussion because you know, in case you're in a relationship and or not, you're just having sex with somebody if you choose to. Um, mm-hmm. What I when I say I talk about it, it's in case that my orgasm or the climax was kind of different because every time might be the same. So mm-hmm. I always just put it out there why or what I think might have happened because yeah. I am, you know, I am, like I said, I'm a, I, I'm a talker. So mm-hmm. I like to discuss things and, and <laughs> evaluate it so it can be better or I can change the course of something if it's not mm-hmm. good for me because I am, I know my body and I know what I'm used to. And a lot of times what has happened is has, it has resulted in very deep conversations about things that had nothing to do with what we just did. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, that is a key note too, because I would have gotten, well, you know, last week when I'm like, what we're talking about the store and me saying me staying too long at the store how did but that's 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 how that can resonate and it's mm-hmm. crazy because we it's subconsciously you know sex is part of our subconscious when we're having sex all the things that we feel it comes up in the active action of having sex so yeah some of the biggest deepest conversations i've had is because yeah. of care and that conversation mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So one of the things I, I also wanted us to touch on, because even as parents, I think we have to be intentional about making time to to even have intimacy, right? Because you have to schedule your kids' bedtimes. You want to make sure you're not drained from the day. Because um, certainly if you're drained, your your mind is not thinking about sex. So what are some tips you have for maybe parents, you know, and how to to still have an active, um, intimate life. Definitely scheduling. Mm-hmm. That is the um, major part of um, having a family and um, yeah. and talking to your partner and having a partner that understands that, you know, your role as a parent uh, is different c- as compared to your role as a wife or a sexual partner. Mm-hmm. So you do not want to, you know, put one above the other, but you do have to make, everybody has to understand that having kids is a big responsibility mm-hmm. and, you know, it's do or die if you don't take care of them. So you need to, um, the sex can, oh when I say rollover, sex can roll over or a scheduled sex can roll over, but a hungry child or attended child is more dangerous. Yeah. So for parents who are battling that, that um, problem, you have to prioritize your life and your family and what will go first 
and what will go second. Yeah. And and by prioritizing is in terms of responsibility mm-hmm. because one kid unattended is one police telephone 911 call away, right? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have to be very mindful of those things. And if you have a partner who doesn't understand that, you can explain them. Probably you might need to go to therapy or just have somebody in a, that's close enough to discuss that with you. But that's important. Mm-hmm. Arterizing, scheduling, maybe making a date night where you have a, have a support system, have them come in, take care of the kids. If you have a grandma, you can drop them off. You guys go in a hotel. That way you will feel like environment. And you don't you don't see any toys in your face. It's not mm-hmm. the house. Because all of that right. makes a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. Any any other tips for just self-care and um you know, especially for women, you know, the podcast is geared towards mostly women and I just wonder if you have any other thoughts or any other tips for for women who might be struggling with with connecting with themselves. Well, definitely self-care is something we enjoy doing and not something we're feeling forced to do. So that's first and foremost is should be our mantra. It's something we enjoy doing like sex and not something we're forced to do. Sex should always be something we enjoy doing and not forced to do, you know, advocate for that. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add that sometimes the things we do for self-care comes to us naturally, you know, so paying attention to what pulls your energy when you have downtime or when you're alone um, and do more of that. I always tell clients that thing that you love doing that comes to you naturally, that helps you keep your mind at ease. Do more of that. Right. I think sometimes we get really stuck in the hustle and bustle of life and we forget the little things, even the things that used to really excite us as a child. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. And also we need to set routines. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about scheduling a lot tonight. That word came up a lot. Set routine, schedule a time that you want to have sex. May not be the exact time, but if you want to put a 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock gap, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't, because life happens, right? Yeah. And we have people that are very anal, A-type personality mm-hmm. and might schedule sex at 10, but their partner got a phone call and is on the phone 10, 10, 10, 15. And that disturbs the entire mood. And now both people are in, up in arms about you did not get in the bed on time. See what I'm saying? That just creates for a chaos and a chaotic night and we go to bed angry. So setting a routine and, and scheduling a time, but also being very um, open and lax with that time frame, mm-hmm. particularly not the time. Yeah. But that, so if you're saying by the 10 to 11th hour, this should be what we're doing because the kids are sound asleep and we can express ourselves how we need to and that kind of stuff. Um, also taking breaks throughout the day. It's a form of self-care, whether it's to connect with somebody or go to lunch with yourself. Um, mm-hmm. If you need to go have a glass of wine with yourself on a Friday or a Wednesday, it's up to you and your schedule and you know what's your limit, you know. Um, get offline, um, get off your phone for a while, do that little purge that people sometimes do. 
um, practicing mindfulness, relaxing activities, you know, activities that can stimulate your creativity, creativity, <laughs> I can't say that word. Um, so if you enjoy drawing, coloring, stuff that kneading, you know, baking, stuff that you like to do, um, getting to, because it takes away from that hustle and bustle that's the distracting thoughts in your mind. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to emotional self care, acknowledging your feelings, you know, mm -hmm. if you're yeah. angry, if you're sad, if you need more sex, if you need less sex, we talk about, you know, if your partner is always on you about, you know, I have one case where every week we discuss that the, the partner, the male figure in a relationship is very dominant and, and sexual and sex is priority and the female is unlike, um, unlike that. And she tries that like her best is not enough for mm -hmm. the husband. And I did recommend um, a therapist for that because mm -hmm. um, I like to practice within my scope that mm -hmm. I feel like would do well with a sex therapist. And so I always encourage her to acknowledge how she feels because she feels very tired. She She's a um, she's in the uh, makeup hair industry, so she's on her feet every day, that kind yeah. of stuff. So she feels twin for seven, eight hours. She's braiding hair, and then she comes home and she's tired, you know. And she has to acknowledge her feelings, but at the same time, it's a husband that she really loves. Those are the things, and physical, you know, going to the yeah. gym, yoga. Muscle stretching, breathing, exercising, those types of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Social self-care. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I can, I can tell you how many times I see people who do not have friends. I know. Yeah. yeah I see people who do not have friends and, you know, and, and just talking about how important it is. And even as an adult, because I think as children and teenagers, we relied on our social institutions, our school institutions to to help us with building those relationships. But as adults, we have to actually go out there and make friends. You know, so I'm always advocating for joining interest groups, joining whatever you like. There are people who share that same interest and, and go Definitely. from there. There's so many types of Facebook groups and right. uh, <laughs> many communities online that you can join. Uh, I mean, I just found one today. It was just so random and I did not know that exists, but I'm like, what else oh, do they it? not have? It was um, trauma with my mama. So, and it was so random. Um, I was having a, a session and after the session, client emailed me and said, do I recommend any books? Because she's not in a good place. Her mom didn't call her for her birthday and she just, she just cannot get over it. So she's not having a good heart. She's not having the best week. So I was just Googling so first I went on Facebook on clinicians of color and see if anybody had recommended anything. And then I just Googled 
you know, if Amazon could send me a link. And I saw this community online, Trauma With Your Mama. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I went on there and it's legit. So I sent it to her. It's a resource, you know. She can join it and probably learn two or three things from there. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that because I didn't even know there was something like that. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be looking for it, but I do have clients that can certainly benefit from having a group like that, an outlet like that. Yes. Yeah. So, Fiona, I wonder, what do you read? Um, I know we talk a lot about just other aspects of self-care, but in terms of reading and staying in the know, um, what do you do? What um, are you reading right now? I Right now, I'm well listening to an audible book by Brene Brown. Okay. Uh, I love her. And I do her podcast in the morning sometimes. If I don't, if I'm not listening to Les Miles, I'm either listening to her. Um, it's called The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. She has okay. a tip on it too. It's so good. Um, she just talks a lot. And I'm very big on that too because it resonates a lot with me like I told you me as a person growing up very empathetic I put myself in other people's shoes and I did expect the same from everybody that I met like I had this worldview that everybody's nice <laughs> you know and it took like a couple of disappointments like wait a minute that was nice so and I still would make excuses. So part of me listening to her a lot is I'm learning about myself. And she has my birthday. So I resonate with that too. <laughs> we share the same birthday. Yeah, one yeah. So she talks a lot about being ashamed and vulnerable. Like why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of her work is around shame. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one of the things she had said one time is like, you look at your kids, right? And you say, oh my God, I can't go believe God blessed me. Like you'd look at your sons and God bless me. Two healthy, beautiful boys, so vibrant, energetic. And you look at them sleeping. And then after you look at them sleeping, you start to cry because immediately you start thinking about what if something happened to Benny or KJ uh, what would you do? Who's going to take care of them? And you, maybe your mom, you don't think your mom can take care of them by yourself and your husband. Alone. And it just goes on to feel like, and that is subconsciously, we are trying to take the power from our vulnerability and putting it, we are ashamed that, that we, we are ashamed that we have such beautiful, like you're ashamed that you have such beautiful boys. Mm-hmm. You're ashamed that, my God, they're still here and nothing has happened to them. So immediately you go to like your thought, your negative thought patterns of what if something happens to them. And that, she says, is vulnerability and and being ashamed of earning and owning good things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. So... There's, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there because I yes. think even yes. the way we were we were raised to, you yeah. know, I, I feel like a lot of us were raised to, and I, there's nothing, I, you know, I don't have nothing against the word being humble, but we're taught to just really accept just a bit. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, and every time I... 
Every time I say that, I remember even when I started my first job, I remember my aunt saying to me, like, don't dress up too much because you don't want to ruffle feathers. You don't want uh, people to not like you, like, you know. (laughs) And every time I go back to that message, I'm like, how is it that you thought that was okay to say? But that wasn't even, and I think that's not probably even intentional on her part. She's trying to protect Mm -hmm. Because then mm-hmm. again, vulnerability, you know, you don't want to open up yourself and make it known that you're confident in your own self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what if you do, somebody's got, oh, she's uppity up, you know, that is what we've been taught. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of what we get, you know, we're not taught to to really put ourselves out there and be confident. And, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that because it shows up in our relationships. It shows up in our workplace. Right. My mother is like, oh. and it turns out to be that you just have to be submissive to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mom is the time. Oh, you have, you got a job. Do Just do your best and don't do anything to upset them. Or, you know, mm-hmm. just try, try to stay in your work. She'll say, well, try to stay in your work, you know, don't do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the one that went to school and worked my ass off. So what if they're not treating me right? You know, why yeah. do I have to be the one that's the doing? Like, and then I had to, like, some things I just don't tell her because I know what her reaction is going to be. So yeah. avoid that response so it won't resonate with me. I just, mm-hmm. eh, I'm not going to tell you that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's how a lot of us were, were were raised. And that's the mindset, you know, that limited and scarcity. Even mm-hmm. as you talk about work, um, sometimes I talk about, you know, other projects and other things that I want to do. And sometimes so the, the message I'm getting hit with is almost like, well, you have something, like, just be grateful for that. Right. Like, yeah, right. I can be grateful for that and still pursue my other passions. Right. You know. Let me yeah. ask you, how do your, um, especially how we were raised, particularly, how does your family embrace that you're a sex therapist? At first, it was a little awkward um, sharing that, but I think it has put me in a really good place with them where we can openly talk about these things. We can openly have those discussions. Like for the first time, my mother talked with me, I think it was last month, um, about vaginal dryness. You know, not that she was going through it, but she would listen to one of the podcast episodes and she's just saying that she's never had that. But I think it has really helped our relationship. Definitely. (laughs) That is a huge... I don't think my mother would ever... (laughs) I'm just thinking about it. It's not there yet. But that's good, Very good. Yeah, because somebody has to to be able to talk about these things openly because a lot of things in families go and talked about (laughs) no one wants to to ruffle the feathers um and i think it makes it okay you know if i wanted to talk to that talk about that then um i can i can talk to jan or i can ask for a resource or whatever and what you're Mm -hmm. doing is so much bigger than what it just is for the surface because if you extend it to your family and that's where you start you know Mm -hmm. a lot of times when kids and 
other family members or kids in our family or close friends are being abused and stuff, it's because of the cliche you don't want to talk about it. So even with mm-hmm. being a therapist, you're laying groundwork and foundation for the people in your family who might touch people in their in other families in their community mm-hmm. to speak up and you know your mother will like you know my daughter does those types of things and mm-hmm. this and somebody yeah. like okay maybe I could talk to John so you never know so the kudos mm-hmm. to you yeah and that's why I made sure that before anything else I did my foundation work in um, sexual assault and trauma um, that is so important because especially in our communities those, those things go you know it's hush hush we don't want to get the family member in trouble or whoever who committed it um, that's kind of how that's dealt with so you know I'm very aware that you know those things affect a lot of families and you know it, it goes under the rug yeah they don't want to be ashamed mm-hmm. so it would be best if the kid just suffer in silence. Yeah. But it's never thought of though. It's just it just stops as I don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. Nobody thinks yeah. of the victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad we touched on that. Um but I, I wonder, so I'm I'm a bit of a career junkie. So if someone was listening right now and they wanted to follow a path similar to yours, because you know, like I said, your resume is it's um it's outstanding, you know. And I wonder if someone thought that maybe this could be a path for them. How would you guide them? Uh, definitely to tap into what is your niche, um, what do you like. Uh, I found social. Well, social work found me. <laughs> uh, I found the word social because. My, um, I've always been a free spiritual person, spirited person who is, who's big on just loving myself. So it fell right in place now that I'm older and I can see the root of where it came from. But if somebody is trying to follow that path, they have to first be a person who's open. Um, being a social worker, you, you have to be open to vulnerability. You have to, um, meet people halfway. You have to be people, be people centered, you know, um, it's all about And, um, if you're, if you're that, if you're there already, then, you know, you go to school, you earn your degrees. Um, I had to get two degrees to where I am and I had to get licensed twice by the state. Um, I'm in the process of getting licensed in Texas. So all of that. <laughs> yes, I just scrambled and finally sent my transcripts <laughs> after two months. So those are the steps that you need to follow. They seem very tiring it, with me saying you have to do this and that, but it comes naturally because while you're doing all those things, you're still helping people and you're seeing, you're kind of reaping the benefits. Um, it does have a high burnout and turnover rate in those type mm-hmm. of profession because some people go into That's it right. thinking mm-hmm. that they can fix everybody. You yeah. remember you're not in this to fix anybody. You're in this to meet people halfway and do the groundwork with them so they can leave self-fulfilling lives. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's why I'm I'm so mindful of not taking anything home with me. And, you know, I think I've just been really good at compartmentalizing. Cause yes. Yeah. That's I, self-care. I, that's, I that's self-care 101. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because you're so yeah. tempted to bring that one folder. Mm-hmm. And by the time you know what your desk at home or your table, your kitchen table <laughs> is therapeutic. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've yes. been there. I've been there. Yeah. I don't do that. The only reason I've been doing this because of the pandemic, of course, and we're doing yeah. work from home. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I've always been good at really keeping those things separate. Because yeah, I, I need to get back to my life. Some, yeah. Sorry. So I know in the profession, some people don't have an option because they feel and they have to go home and actually type in your notes and but you can still because everything everybody has an EHR system now so you really don't mm-hmm. know that work like we once Paper. did mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm working on that yeah well I mean how can our listeners find you because of course you're doing all these amazing things and you have your own wellness brand um how can people connect with you maybe to get some of your cute t-shirts? I own one. Um, yes. Or maybe the tea. How can people connect with you and, and order so, some of your stuff? My handle on um, Facebook. So I have two companies. One is the wellness with the um, products for wellness, natural, herbal wellness options and um, I do carry t-shirts and stuff so you can find me on www.villageremedies.myshopify.com so once again there's www.villageremedies.myshopify.com I am also on Instagram at official village remedies I am on Facebook as Village Remedies. I am also on Facebook as Fiona Francis. Um, my other Instagram handle is Therapeutic Village LCSW. That is the part where I do most of the therapy work. That's just Instagram. Um, if somebody wants to message me, direct message me there. I also have a website, www.thetherapeuticvillage.com. Nice. Well, Fiona, thank you so much for being with us today. And I just want to give our listeners some some context because this is we're recording after midnight. Oh my god! (laughs) Yes, we're recording late tonight, and it's been just relaxing and chill. It Um, is. It is. (laughs) It was so. Thank you so much. It was fun. Yeah for like gold gold chat um thank you for just just hanging out tonight and um you know i would definitely love just chatting with you again about all the things that you're doing definitely. Um, so once again yeah definitely i um i want to wish you all the best i am so happy for this podcast this was made for you <laughs> oh you were made for this <laughs> i feel like you know it is it, something that i i enjoy um and i enjoy seeing i enjoy seeing you do it like i, I, I can just visualize that this is your thing and i am so happy to be here and Anytime that you need me here, I need to hear. 
me talk. Um, mm-hmm. I'm here. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us this week on A Sexual Space. For more information about this week's topic, you can check out our Instagram at A Sexual Space Podcast, where I will feature our lovely guest, Fiona Francis. And you can also check out our website at www.hersexualspace.com. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.